welcome to another episode of Whiskey on the Weekends. I'm Leigh. I'm here. I'm joined by Spencer. Spencer, say hey to the people. And we've got Boston Strong, Levi Baxter. Levi, how are you? Living the dream, living the dream. What's up? And we've got under quarantine, BJ, out in the shutdown state of California. BJ, how you holding up? Uh, my whiskey stores have held up so far. Um, I've got a couple weeks left, I think. So, so far, so good. They're essential. They're essential businesses in North Carolina. It's funny, I went to the liquor store yesterday and two times while I was there, because I was trying to find a whiskey um, to have today, two times while I was there, um, the guy working the register had to answer the phone and explain that, yes, they are an essential business and yes, they are open. <laughs> <laughs> I would be one of those people calling to ask because it would not be my assumption. Yeah, it is. Um, okay, well, let's get going here. We are in the, the second of our coronavirus lockdown pods. We're going to do these every week at at least that's the plan. Uh, while everybody's on lockdown, the world is shut down. Before we get going, drink some whiskey. BJ, anything you want to plug? Uh, yeah. So uh, kind of don't have anything else to do other than record podcasts. So we are marching along in our Magnum Reads. Uh, we are working on finishing up Spinning Silver, which is our first book of the year. Um, and we've got a couple more episodes there. And we are closing in on the end of uh, Chamber of Secrets. And so we'll probably be starting Harry Potter book three very shortly. Ooh, good times. Good times. Okay, so on these coronavirus uh, lockdown pods, we're drinking from our own stash. We're not sending um, whiskey to each other because we're following the, the guidelines of uh, the authorities and the folks who know these things, but I uh, will get us going and talk about the whiskey that I have. So I have a local North Carolina bourbon. It's called 1712. Um, and it's, this is the only the 85th barrel they've ever done. And price point was about 80 bucks. Um, I can get yeah. um, I mean, I guess mine's very boring. So I have uh, four bottles of slightly different billet <laughs> bottlings. Oh, and nice. so this is the um, three-year bottling. Um, it's a 53% uh, bottling. So it's a little, it's of the, the Willets, it's not quite on the high end, but um, it is a little bit harsher than the two or the four years, surprisingly, but it's pretty good. Great. And Levi, what are you drinking? So I am uh, taking the lead out of Spencer's playbook and, and going through the stash of, of, of many bottles that I have stashed away from from previous episodes uh, because I nice. do not want to leave the, the apartment. It causes friction in the, with my girlfriend. Um, about So I'm drinking a small blue bottle, which looks to be a, a – it smells like a rye. Um, so I'm looking forward to it. I think that's a bottle that BJ used, right, BJ? I think that's yes. a BJ bottle, yep. Um, so – uh, I'm trying to remember which is which, because so that actually might be the uh, uh, Scotch finished in rye barrels. Um, I can see that. I'm not tasted it yet, so I just smell this sort of nice rye uh, sort of sweetness, but harshness to it. Yeah, I think the red and green bottles were the uh, Midwinter Night Dram, and then the uh, Dickel. And then the blue and the clear were two scotches. Yeah. So, yeah. I Challenge think you the, for remembering uh, that. I would have had no idea. That is amazing. <laughs> well, it's the most recent things that I sent out. So that's the only only reason that I'm anywhere where on that. So Spencer, 
Did you pull another yes. peanut butter? Uh, okay. There should only be one, and that is as far uh, removed from where I'm now pulling things as is possible. It's in I think there were two, because I think Lee sent you uh, an extra, just well, in case. It's, knowing my luck, one of these will be that. But what I'm starting <laughs> with is, I think, one of the ones that Levi sent. It's got kind of like a red little yep, yep. Per- periwinkle snowflake. I think this is one of the Japanese whiskeys. Uh, no, so, so Terry sent the Japanese whiskeys because I was grumpy with him. Oh, that's right, that's right. I was going to do ja- Japanese whiskeys. Um, and, uh, yes, yeah, so, so you're in luck, Spencer. That is mine. Um, that is, that is both my bundle <laughs> you're and, in luck. And, and the tape because I, I was concerned that you're going to find the, the, uh, fireball, uh, because Terry did send that at one point. So, <laughs> and you probably haven't thrown it out. So I'm looking at this other one and I've got no memory of who sent this and it's a weird yellowish color. So we're going to find out what that one is here in a bit, but this one, I figured it was okay. I think the only other bullet in this Russian roulette for him is the honey whiskey I sent. <sighs> that one's still I, there because I, I didn't drink much like of that. that. I, I tolerated it okay, but like you said, BJ, the aftertaste never really left, which is a kind of permanent coating of sugar. I remember when that episode was released, Sarah came to me and she was like, that was just really mean what you did to Spencer. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, she was just completely earnest. She was just like, that was just mean. <laughs> you set him up to sound dumb. And I was like, oh, yeah, well. Kind of what we do. You don't have to work hard for that. That's a good, good, good lead in. So, Terry, let's talk about the mean things that you've been doing to us uh, since you've been, been, been sitting <laughs> at home. One of them. Um, yes, I'm, I'm wearing one of them. I'm wearing the Biden 2020 No More Malarkey uh, t-shirt that Terry sent yeah, me. Bye. Um, and, and it's decided that we're all going to gain 15 pounds pretty soon. That that was my favorite of it. And it's like, yeah, it's fine. You'll grow into it. Yeah, well, I thought it was funny that, like, BJ's, like, your, your reaction, you were just offended at the size of the shirt. <laughs> like, not I mean, that I said it, not that it's Biden. It was just like, hey, by the way, I wear a medium. Well, it's be- been getting progressively larger because you you got the me the once you got me the Marianne Williamson, like anything else is going to be a step up. So like, I'm not going to be offended by a Biden shirt. <laughs> okay, I'll keep that in mind. I'll send. I'll try to send you something a little little smaller next time. The next round of Biden shirts, <laughs> all are going to get here in the next three four months. And Bridget's work. Bridget's words when she opened that package is that she tossed me a shirt and said, Spencer, uh, I think somebody sent you a Biden tent. <laughs> uh, by the way, I thought it was just XL. That's very big. Spencer's not an XL. <laughs> it's not. I mean, it's a baggy shirt. I mean, so, so I did um, ask, ask your wife to to communicate a punishment and if this continues. And I wonder if that, that prompted your... Uh, your comment or she she relayed that to you which is which is i said that the next time i hang around you guys i'm gonna winnie the poet if it if the t-shirt doesn't fit me i don't follow only the t-shirt or only the t-shirt and just that as he wanders around the house in his usual semi-nudist fashion yeah so no sarah didn't tell me that okay (laughs) she probably listened to that and then promptly forgot it DJ, you, you normally wear a medium with boxer briefs and wander around the, the apartment and rub your belly. That's that's it's not unusual behavior, so I don't understand what's going on. Uh, I've seen him do that probably 20 times. We don't need to do it on brand. That's that's the BJ on brand forever. Jesus Christ, BJ. Uh, your junk's just staring at me in the face. Could you not do that? Most recently, I've been wearing pants. I mean, most recently, I've pants, been wearing but... pants. Yes. The next round of Mangum Talks t-shirts. <laughs> Which I'll get you a medium in, BJ. Appreciate it. All right. Well, I can give a review of the whiskey I have. Oh, yeah. The 1712 North Carolina bourbon whiskey. 
Um, tastes, it's not bad, but about, it tastes like a quarter of it is nothing but barley. Really, really strong flavor uh, of that, which is a little too much for me. Terry, so what's your hit rate of trying North Carolina uh, whiskeys or bourbons that um, that are relatively new? So so when I lived in North Carolina, I would occasionally see a, a new bottle that I hadn't seen before. I would try it. The, by the way, the $80 price point sort of speaks to me that typically they're they're quite overpriced. Um, yeah. And on pod, we're one out of four. I mean, the hit rate for me was relatively low of, of them being really even close to worth their money. I mean, they're not terrible, but they're not... 70 80 90 dollars worth no and it's a good point levi when i'm buying like local stuff that's relatively new um it's usually pretty expensive because they have all this overhead that they've accumulated in the period they've let up while they were aging the whiskey some of them will sell vodka or whatever in the interim uh, but still they, they have usually have a good bit of debt before it goes to, uh, to market uh, so i I'm, i accept that it's going to be expensive but to your question usually it's not particularly good <laughs> And another thing I see is like, like I'll see a bourbon, it's brand new. I'm looking at it. It's like marked as the first barrel, the third batch or something like that. And then I never see it again. So a lot of these kind of come in and out of the market too. Yeah. Um, and actually that was one of the things that really surprised me about the whiskey that I brought out from San Diego, the seven caves. I mean, it was a little bit sweet and things like that. And, and again, it was, it was priced at a price point that was quite high. Um, cause it was like, I think 40 for a 375, but I think it might, it was a good way to do it because if you're wanting to try the whiskey selling a half bottle at a more similar price point. So for this bottle, it would have been 40 instead of 80 and you would have basically gotten to try it and gotten to have a couple of drinks and then been like, all right, well, you know, maybe they'll improve in a couple of years and I didn't spend almost a hundred on it. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think some of the best North Carolina whiskeys that I've had lately are the Mystic uh, whiskeys, which we did on an unreleased pod. Uh, we will get that out at some point. But those I thought were pretty good. This one, 1712 is a no buy at 80, 80 bucks. I would not. What about 30, 35? Yes, but I, I might be tempted to mix it. That's how like, strong the barley flavor is. I think I need something to cut it. Gotcha. Interesting. Uh, the three years growing on me. Um, if we actually get to Count of Thrones and that still goes on, I'll bring these out. If I have any left, depending on how long our lockdown goes. Gosh, that, it's going to be such a bummer when they cancel that. Look forward to that every year. They definitely canceling that. Yeah, they're canceling. Yeah, I don't know if they will, but I mean, it's just a fucking bummer. Ideal situation will be starting to come down the peak, but it still would be a hazard. Well, you know what we could do? We could just do like we could do a Skype call where we just rewatch a couple episodes. I'm down. <laughs> Ooh. Speaking of rewatch, um, so Terry, have you heard that the Ringer is going to release a wire rewatch show? Uh, who's doing it? Um, some Please guy. Tell me, Jason Concepcion. Oh God, I wish. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll, I have to double check it. It's an it's a person I'm unfamiliar with. It's not one of the regulars. Okay. Um, I'm sure they'll have regular Ringer staff. Um, join it. I guess. Yeah. 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 Uh, but I, I, I heard that and was like, you know what? That's exactly what I want to do. It's been like four or five years since the rewatch. That'd be amazing. Yeah, I'd be down with the wire, wire rewatch. But on the uh, on the topic of like entertainment in these odd times, have you guys been seeing that late night talk show hosts are doing the shows from their like, like living rooms? 
Yeah, you know? so uh, last week tonight, they, they basically had a blank space, and I saw that people, people were starting to do their living rooms, but I wonder how long that's going to last. It's so weird, like, because uh, I like to support the folks. I mean, I, I like a lot of the shows, but like watching them just doing it from the couch is just so bizarre. And without audience reactions, it's just doesn't hit me the same way. That was, by the way, my reaction to the last week tonight, which is that this is such a different show without the laugh track, um, <laughs> without the audience g- giving that feedback. It's not that it's unfunny, right? I, I still find him to be, to be, a, be a funny guy. The joke writers there are fantastic, but it's just a different ambiance. It's, right. it's, it's kind it's of so, so radical. Yeah, and one of my favorite things that he does is when he says a joke and he'll get a groan or no laugh, and then he plays with the audience. He's like, really? Really, like that. I like that interplay a lot, and that goes completely gone. Obviously, sorry, Spencer. I think I cut you off. No, I agree, and it's a kind of very kind of used to the communal response to these kind of things of sharing it with others. Things come a lot more funny or a lot more just more when there's other people that are enjoying it with it. And audience is a key part of that. And when everything's just kind of in a vacuum, you're almost there's almost a delay effect responding to it all. Yeah, I think Jimmy Kimmel's doing the best with it, um, but I, they're all trying it, and it's it's pretty bizarre, but. If you don't want to watch the late night guys, um, I do have a recommendation. You probably have heard of it uh, on Netflix called Tiger King. <laughs> of course, you've seen that. Like, I, oh that, yeah, I've seen I was that advertised, and I was like, as soon as that came up, I was <laughs> like, I wonder, I wonder if it was not ranked like number one when when Lee watched it. If it's like the <laughs> in the top ten of like U.S. consumed shows now. Yeah. So like it. Netflix typically releases new shows on Thursdays. And I started watching Tiger King on the Friday afterwards. There is the on-brand uh, segment that we have right <laughs> now that, that that you know when Netflix releases new shows. I sure do. And I was all over this one, man, because uh, one of the... Um, so basically, it's a story about a guy named Joe Exotic who runs this like roadside zoo uh, with mostly big cats, but a lot of other exotic animals, snakes, some primates. And then also... Yeah, uh, no, Joe Exotic is in Oklahoma. So it's always, it's always one. one of the two. There's well, another one that is Florida, in... Florida is involved here, uh, Spencer. Oh, yeah, Florida does get involved. <laughs> uh, Myrtle Beach has one, too, that uh, a roadside zoo that is featured on it, and it's called um, Myrtle Beach Safari. And uh, it has been in the crosshairs of the uh, primate uh, sanctuaries that I've supported for a couple of years now, it is awful. Like literally you could go in and pay like 250 bucks to sit at their dining room table and have a meal with two chimpanzees, full grown chimpanzees. And there's videos online of them doing this. Sounds awesome. Um, so Terry, um, do they pass the salt? It's, it's on brand that you knew about this place before uh, the TV show. Um, so since you've watched the, have you watched all the episodes? Yes. Um, what was your reaction to the um, the drug dealer guy in Florida? Spoilers. Um, this is not really a spoiler. Yeah. <laughs> I can tell you the whole thing, and you still need to watch it. Drug dealer guy in uh, Florida whose wife is just playing around with some chimpanzees and dresses them up, and and like I imagine you, you you're seeing that section and just raging, just like you you can't treat chimpanzees like this. They're not your little doll. Yeah, of course I was. Um, Pause it and walk out of the room. Uh, no, I don't think so. Just because I've seen enough of this stuff now. Like, I mean, I, if you follow it, you know that people have chimpanzees for the entertainment trade or the pet trade. And 
they often try to infantilize them, especially when they're young. So they're putting them in little skirts and diapers and things like that. It's just, it is what it is. I've seen it before, uh, but I was very happy when they brought up the Myrtle Beach Safari. I was like, oh yeah, all right, let's let's lock in the road. Let's fire away on these motherfuckers. <laughs> but anyway, it's very good. And BJ, the point I was trying to make about spoilers is like, the plot isn't so much important as the characters. Like I was hundred percent joking about it. Yeah, sure. yeah, but but I understand. But the, like it's always about like how crazy these people get, and like there's no yeah. explanation about that. This is like Florida Man headlines where they have like a, a clip attached that points to YouTube, and it's like you have to watch it because no no written explanation is going to tell you what is actually happening there. Yeah, no, you're you're absolutely right. It's it's character driven. And I, by the way, I've I've not watched all the episodes in in the series. Um, I assume a tiger is going to bite someone just because it's a wild animal and it just kills people. That's what it does. It's just tigers going to tiger. Um, but, but, tiger. But we're going to see. Um, it definitely is crazy. Um, I I mean, people are weird. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> people are so weird. Yeah, it's it, but it's also really well done. And the amount of footage they have of these folks going back five, ten years is amazing. Well, that's the thing is that it almost seems like... Um, Queen of Versailles or King of Versailles or whatever the documentary was of the the family in Florida who were trying to build the largest mansion um, in in the US. Um, but the financial crisis hit and they went bankrupt. Um, I don't think I've seen this. Yeah. So so that is like sort of a famous, relatively well-known uh, documentary um, of, of the sort of new series, new site type of documentaries that come out. Um, but the, the great thing about that, right, is that it seems just like with uh, um, this Tiger documentary that they're interviewing people while things are happening. And so they get to see the reactions of people to the events that they're ultimately going to cover. Um, and so like with the, I think it's King of Versailles. Um, or, but in any case, yeah, they're trying to build this big mansion um, and the, the financial crisis hits and he's in real estate. So he goes belly up. And so shocker, he has financial problems um, building this, you know, massive massive state of a state well and that's a part of tiger king too right is them always trying to figure out the finances because i think at some point he had over 200 tigers uh, just got joe exotic and so like trying to feed them just such a money suck yeah. watch tiger king spencer how did you like your mystery wit uh whiskey like so many things levi has sent i quite enjoyed it um it I think the best way to describe it is it had an immediate invigorating effect. I think I told you guys before we started, I'm getting a sleepless night. I'm kind of tired. I haven't eaten or drank anything just for reasons of stupidity. And having a shot of that, I'm instantaneously wide awake and happy. Uh, it had a profound warming, full body warming effect the moment it went down, and I've quite enjoyed it. So, um, Lee, a little bit of a reference to our other pod. Um, have you watched any stand up? Uh, during uh, this lockdown, because it feels weird watching people in crowds and getting like crowd shots. Yeah, uh, I have watched some stand up. Um, I watched, of course, I've watched Richard Pryor live on the Sunset Strip, which we're going to do at some point. Sorry for flaking on me a couple times there, but I also watched um, a Richard Pryor documentary. Mm-hmm. That was really good. Uh, well, two of them actually. There was one that aired on, uh, I think, CBS, and then there's another one that was on Comedy Central called I Ain't Dead Yet, Motherfucker, which I thought was great. 
and they were all about just Pryor's life and the weirdness that it because like as entertaining as his stand-up is his personal life is equally entertaining because he was just nuts yeah um but yeah there there's a new uh Kreischer and a new um Tom Segura right yeah Segura and I watched Tom both Segura of those was- and it's just weird watching like packed theaters and and like it's clearly like earlier in the year at, or or last year and and it I don't know it's just like because this is in some ways such a momentous thing like I wonder how stand up is going to do because I mean there are big people that that are going to survive it just fine because they're doing really well they're going to get Netflix specials but like. No, it's a good point, BJ, because we talked about now, yeah. we talked about on our Mangum Last Pod how you know the enjoyment is just factors higher when you're watching stand up with other people, yeah, in an audience or either in your room. And if it's just like Dave Chappelle uh, at his kitchen, you know, dining room table doing a stand up bit, like I don't, I don't know how much that's going to land. I think he'd get bored honestly if he didn't have a crowd to work off of. That seems like it's part of the experience for them. I think the Chappelle's probably is, not the best example. Sorry, PJ, but Chappelle's probably not the best example. It's some of the lesser known comedians who really need the revenue and might try something like that. And I just think it's going to fall flat. I mean, so I think the funniest non-audience video that I've seen from a comedian is Bill Burr cooking. Well, sure. <laughs> um, he, he has like a couple of cooking videos and, and, and uh, I think he has one like baking an apple pie and it's just like the funniest thing. I just... But I wonder, like, if they're going to do stuff like that just to to pull through the this time, because, I mean, it's going to be it's going to be interesting, to say the least. Yeah, similar to that. Uh, I don't know if you guys have watched the Netflix show Ugly Delicious. Mm-hmm. Um, there, I think there's an episode on that where Joe. Um, no, not Joe Rogan. What's his name? Seth. Um, Seth Rogan. Yeah. Seth Rogan. There you go. He like debones a chicken. <laughs> Never thought deboning a chicken could be so entertaining, but he was really funny doing it. Yeah, um, I, th- I think it'll be interesting and really funny. The the funniest cooking video that I have seen, probably in, like ever, is uh, Paris Hilton. Um, oh yeah, her recent one doing the lasagna. Yeah, that, that's just probably one of the best pieces of comedy that I've seen in in a really long time. Just because it's so absurd. Like I haven't seen absurdist comedy like that. For a re- really, really long time. Have we talked about that Paris Hilton video on Pod yet? I don't think Does that so. ring a bell. Which? No. We're not talking about that, Spencer. <laughs> so she did a co- she started a cooking show, and her very first episode was lasagna. Uh, and I, back when I was a junior and senior in high school, watched the Paris Hilton uh, reality show called The Simple One. <laughs> This is going somewhere. But yeah, uh-huh. okay. And in it, one of her like big things at the end of the season, and it was only like two seasons of it or something like that, was to make this family lasagna. And she said that's the only thing she knew how to make. But she's been making it since she was a kid. And so when the video comes out, my wife goes, hey, Paris Hilton has a cooking show. And I'm like, did she cook lasagna? <laughs> <laughs> Sarah's like, how the hell did you know that? <laughs> but <interesting> story. <laughs> Um, but, but yeah, she's wearing like fingerless gloves the entire time. And it's just, 
It's the best. If you haven't seen it, highly recommend it. It's it's not a waste of like twenty whatever minutes that. <laughs> that she the makes video a runs. very basic lasagna. <laughs> Just prepping you for it. <laughs> there's no noodle making. There's none of that. No. Mm -mm. So I don't know if we have on brands, um, but this talk of comedy shows brings up to mind of something that that is on brand for me that I didn't even recognize as such. So I watched Mark Maron's uh, stand up special. Yeah. Um, I walked for, watched it for about an hour or so, um, but we got to a point where he was talking about people and, and listening to music, and he mentioned Leonard Skinner, and and my reaction was, huh, Leonard Skinner, yeah, they they do exist. Yeah, I got a lot of free I got a lot of free time. I probably should listen to some white pe white person music. So I've been going on a deep dive of listening to Leonard Skinner, Almond Brothers, um, like Smith and Fleetwood Mac. <laughs> Uh, Led Zeppelin. I mean, these are bands that I didn't listen to growing up. Um, mm -hmm. Like I recognize some of the songs, but it, it, my immediate reaction was, "Oh yeah, white person music." I probably would like that. Something. Let me listen to it. And I've been been deep diving on, on onto there and just listening to their albums regularly. Uh, have you done any Bowie? Uh, no, I don't know if I have interest in Bowie. It's better than the bands you listen. You, you, you. Whoa, whoa. Um, by the way, this is a similar reaction to to Sam, who was just like, "Oh, oh okay, so." What artists are on there? And I started listing a couple, and she's like, "Okay, what about um, what about Prince?" And I was like, "I, I don't really know. I haven't listened to Prince." Um, and she's like, "What?" And she and she went, she included Bowie on that list of of like Levi, you have such a weird, um, sense of taste and things. Um, I'd just like to point out that while music does come down to preference, you are absolutely wrong here because you just said you deep dive Led Zeppelin and poo pooed Prince and David Bowie. Well, I haven't listened to them. I I, I literally have not heard. An album of theirs right i probably have heard a song in the culture which by the way um of note on that um i was talking to a colleague of mine um and i mentioned this and he started laughing he was like okay here are a couple of recommendations i would have for you of things that i really enjoyed that are, are in that sort of general time period or genre um he mentioned the almond brothers or no he mentioned uh, steely dan he mentioned that steely dan's uh one of their albums was was one of the best made albums ever um and so i i up on Spotify, started playing. The first song, Terry, um, is is named Black Cow, which was sampled, if you listen to it, uh, on Lord Tariq and Peter Gunn's uh, famous hit song from, from the mid-90s. Um, and so I heard that, and I was like, oh my god, this is Lord Tariq and Peter Gunn's. And I, I sent it to my colleague, and he was like, Jesus Christ, that is so weird. I'm listening to this song being purely sampled. It's straightforward. Um, and I was like, yeah, this is the distillation of my girlfriend and I. Uh, just, I'll hear some oldie song and say, oh yeah, that's that Daisy song. And she's like, no, this is this is some Motown person. This is like a famous song. I'm like, no, 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 Jay-Z one's famous. Uh, that one is like old, I don't know. So. This, uh, is this Two Against Nature you're talking about? Uh, the song? No, the uh, album. Uh, it's Aja, A-J-A. -A. The first song is Black Cow. Um, but yeah, I'll I'll send it along to you. But it's this is really really showing my my lack of experience with white person music that I've listened to all, all these old songs, uh, and they're pretty good. Yeah, well, I don't know. I mean, maybe maybe work in a little Bowie and Prince at some point. But yeah, it, good. You're expanding your horizons there. I'll add it to the list. Why not? I got nothing but time. We're gonna be here for 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 eighteen months. So. <laughs> Spencer, how have you been uh, spending your time? Uh, doing fine. I mean, in terms of local stories, I can say it's been interesting 
Not going out much, but there's a few times you kind of have to go out to get things. Like, oddly enough, dog food was not something I could really get through Instacart, at least not the brands that her dog is set to eat. Um, according to Bridget, dogs aren't supposed to change what brands of food they eat. You have to keep them on the same ones. I don't know. Sure. Um, and I've gone to a couple of places, <laughs> and it's, it's been really interesting to see how differently each one has responded to dealing with the process of customers coming in. Some have not changed at all. It's just, go get your stuff, leave, whatever else. But the local pet shop that we go to has completely reformed how they do this. I think it's just entirely the decision the local manager that's made it happen. Of where there's a sign up front saying no more than two customers allowed at a time. Uh, the manager is dealing with all customer interaction. None of his employees come within 20 feet of any of the customers. Shut up. Tape lines that he's made around the floor of individual boxes each of the customers stand in. <laughs> he goes and gets your stuff while wearing a mask and gear brings it back, places it on the counter, and then you move to the next box of where you never go with anywhere near the employees. You put your card in, you the, the bag is then placed closer to you, you get it, and you leave. And I can't imagine that's instructions from on high from a pet supermarket. I have to imagine that's just individual <laughs> employees that have been doing that. But it's just an impressive operation that they've completely built on the fly to deal with limiting exposure. I was legitimately surprised. Spencer, I love your turns of phrase. Pet supermarket, mm-hmm. on point. Also, you're definitely killing that dog. It sounds like super, <laughs> super resentful of the fact that it can't change up its, uh, its diet and, and the. Yeah, it's actually the really fun. important not to change up the type of food. <laughs> your blase reaction to it, I don't think, is a good sign. This is the first dog I've ever owned. I've had dogs through roommates, and that's it. So I just follow Bridget's instructions because it's the experienced dog owner. He needs to stay on the same food. Sure, fine, okay. So speaking of dog food, I um, tell a story here. Uh, one night, this is going to shock everybody in the pod. One night, I'd had a few drinks, and I decided so to shop on. Am- I decided to shop on Amazon, and I found a really good sale on the dog food that we feed our dog, Emerson. <clears throat> so I ordered about two hundred pounds of it. So it shows up. <laughs> the bags are about you know waist high on me. Sarah's like, what have you done? I'm like, look, we're set. We don't have to worry about the dog food anymore. She's like, okay, it's a weird thing that Terry's done. So then she just, us together, we put it in a closet and forget about it. And this whole thing hits. And I I remember what I've done. So I come down to Sarah. I'm like, hey, don't worry about dog food. (laughs) (laughs) See, ahead of my time. So we're good on dog food for like two years. And what means is 200 pounds of dog food shipped to you? Is that in a, how many boxes does that come in? It's not boxes, it's bags. Uh, and it came from Amazon. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> I got that. So we're all set. We're all set with dog food. What means does Amazon ship it to you? Uh, it was Rocks. one of those, have you ever seen those Amazon vans? I'm done. Okay. I forgot all <laughs> I'm going to get. <laughs> Spencer wanted to know if it was on a pallet or in boxes or individual boxes. Uh, and you just like condescendingly tell him that dog food is in bags. And he's like, Jesus Christ, Terry, I know that. It literally is just bags. There was no pallet. There was nothing. It was just yeah, so pound bags. A lot of it's times a label it... on, a, on, a, on a bag. Okay. Yeah. So, Stamped it? No. All right. So I'll, I'll explain. So there's the normal 50 pound bag, and that's the Purina bag, and it's got all the markings of Purina. And then um, it was covered in an additional bag. That was a Walmart bag because Amazon was working with Walmart to fulfill the order, probably because I ordered such an obnoxious amount. But yeah, that's what it came in. So in our guest room 
closet, you'll see like five bags of dog food that are, have a Walmart plastic covering on it. <laughs> um, okay. So I actually have an on brand that, that I shared with uh, Sarah and Spencer before we, we did reads, um, which is, uh, I guess I'm a little bit infamous for, for ordering things off Amazon now. Um, and so I, um, was kind of out of sunscreen and there was a good deal for like a little bit of sunscreen. And I figured I could take it on some walks and whatever else. Um, and it was like 75 cents and you could do no rush shipping and get a dollar for like a Kindle credit. I was like, oh, this is perfect. Like whatever. And I just ordered it and kind of forgot about it because it's no rush shipping and I have no idea when it's going to show up. So this box shows up that's heavy. And I was just like, I ordered one ounce, what's going on? And then I open it up and it's just like, it's a not huge box, but it's full of these one ounce containers of sunscreen. I'm just like, did they just not care? Cause it's like some asshole ordered sunscreen during the lockdown. And I mean, I placed it a while ago before stuff was locked down and they're just like throwing handfuls in. And then I looked and I was just like, no, I accidentally ordered a 24 pack. <laughs> You're all set. Uh, yeah. And so, so I told Spencer that as soon as we can fly again, I'm just going to start leaving uh, sunscreen in people's houses. It's the new string cheese. Toilet paper. What's the SPF on that bad boy? Is it high enough 50? for me? Yeah. Okay. That'll, That'll work. That'll work. That's good. Um, so speaking of uh, ordering things on Amazon, um, in the interim since the last show, we've had some some developments with our aquarium. Um, so there's been a little bit of a, a spillage, apparently, of information because um, someone on the pod might have accidentally not not quite done a gift receipt. I don't know exactly what happened, um, but. But Let's it seems like and give just a couple sentences about what this is about. So, so for whatever reason, I decided that a very funny prank would be to start sending somebody um, the makings of a an aquarium and see basically how long it took for them to just like buy a fish because they're getting delivered aquarium things. And so we ended up choosing our buddy Josh to to do so, and uh, I started off buying them food. Um, to which we got a very lovely uh, Facebook post that was, um, does anyone know why I got fish food? Um, and it was probably one of Josh's friends that, that did this to us, um, but we'll see. And then a follow-up, uh, which was, I got a text from Josh himself saying, are you going to buy me a fish? Um, because you and Spencer sent me gravel and food so far. And I said, I just want to see where this goes. So, so um, I believe Josh talked to you, Spencer. He did, and I did totally do a gift receipt. And Josh at least says that he got the other package from you. So I don't think the gift gift receipt thing works. I, um, I I think it does because like Amazon sent me like from them a thank you note, and I feel like we wouldn't have gotten the Facebook post. We can test this. We do a gift receipt to each other, but he at least. Claim to know the prior one is from you. Uh, he he sent me a Spencer. You save receipts. I sent you some rabbit treats that were alfalfa, which was kind of a uh, a windfall. That said uh, hashtag Yang Gang, 
like Ubi for your rabbit. So so we can check right now. <laughs> I have that box somewhere I can go verify. But yeah, I got a text from Josh saying, uh, "Did why did you send me this or something like that?" And with the picture of the rocks that I sent him. Your question. And I went into my default, oh shit, I have to lie now kind of mindset and just conjured a story in my head about, uh, well, uh, ha, ha, uh, I, my dad's really bored because he can't leave the house and he used to have fish tanks growing up. And so I've been trying to get him started on fish tanks again. And oh, I guess I accidentally sent that one to you guys. I love <laughs> the difference in the reactions from BJ and Spencer. Spencer goes into an elaborate lie. BJ said, I want to see where this goes. <laughs> literally all you did all you said to him i just want to see where it goes honestly i think i think the gifts the gift receipts work guys they just sussed out bj that you're not particularly uh uh subtle in in terms of your pranks and that you're the you're the leading candidate spencer you probably forgot the gifts so so i think he might have put in the gift receipt but if you don't you have to change the from because it defaults to say it's from you which I remember you telling him on pod last week. Anyway, it doesn't matter that much, but but I feel like um, we we should at some point uh, continue down this path and just see what happens. Well, I do feel a little bit bad about the Amazon workers that have to participate in this prank. Yeah, they're getting paid. Did you guys hear about uh, Instacart's um, strike they're going on next week? Nope. I like Instacart. Instacart employees are apparently planning a nationwide strike effective, uh, I think it's either Monday or Tuesday. In response to them saying they're not receiving enough support, protection, or compensation from their employers for taking risks to deliver people's groceries right now. Uh, we did get a very uh, worrying text this morning about condom supply being being a problem <laughs> Saw that, yes. in the next couple of months from one of our buddies. So I'm curious to see where it goes. Instacart, though, that they would be difficult for them to change their price model, though, right? Because they work with a bunch of different grocery stores. You'd have to renegotiate all those contracts in order to increase the prices so they can pay the people more or, or just increase their service fee that they place on the back end to their uh, actual customers sure sure which they're probably very hesitant to do it's not a great situation for them or for the you know the damn employees they're having to bear the fire right now but it'll be curious to see where that, where that one works out because they a lot of people around the country are relying on delivery right now rather than going out mm -hmm. yep. so uh levi can i can i convince you to buy a, like a plastic diver or something yeah, I, I, I can buy whatever you want, man. Perfect. Okay. I can send you an Amazon link or, or if you want to choose the, the diver or, you know, plastic uh, uh, seaweed or, or whatever. Look, I'm, I'm waiting to serve my country. So um, I, I'm ready for this. I've been training my entire life. Each in our own way. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so so the, other, the, the other thing that, that I think... I understandably uh, uh, agree with you, you Lee, that, that, or was it Levi that said, Josh, probably was just like, oh, it's BJ because he plays pranks like this. Because mm -hmm. um, I did get a selfie from Bridget on Monday, I think, holding a five, bears? Yeah, a five pound bag gummy bears that said, oh my God, thank you so much. And I was just like, I, <laughs> this was not me. And she's like, we mm, I don't immediately default. We immediately defaulted to it had to be BJ. He talked about the friggin' gummy bears. <laughs> so we send you pictures, we send you messages, and we're really annoyed that you're denying it because we're happy that we got it. And then it's not until we record the uh, Mangum Breeds and Sarah checks your Amazon history <laughs> and confirms that Lee was the one that sent these. 
I, did, I think did. the funniest thing is like that you guys <laughs> didn't believe me because it's not like I don't own up to the pranks <laughs> that I play. That's what baffled us. It's like, well, you obviously said this and we're totally cool with it. Why aren't you accepting our thank you? I love the idea of Sarah hearing the story and going, hold on. That was going to worth it one second. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like something he might do. <laughs> I, I will say, BJ, it's important to make sure that you're gameplay employed for the rest of your life. It sounds like it's just going to be a fun thing. Like, we need to get you to a high paying job where you can yeah, actually spend real money <laughs> and stuff. <laughs> like, Jesus Christ. Well, we've had that conversation before, right? Because, like, even when we all of us didn't have much disposable income, BJ would always figure out a way to, like, take us to, like, a Brazilian steakhouse or something. And we're always like, if any of us needs money, it needs to be BJ. Um, I, I, I've told a number of people about how angry you were at that Brazilian steakhouse in Vegas. And just, like, how the, the sentence of, I arrived drunk and I left sober. And that's how long we were there and eating meat. <laughs> he wasn't angry at you. He was a little disappointed that we stayed so long that he lost his buzz. Um, <laughs> Absolutely was. It's like, God dang, guys, I just had a couple of cocktails before dinner. We stayed three hours. It's not the whole situation. And it's, it's important context that story that we're, I mean, we're broke kids, right? So it's not like we can pay pay club or, you know, out, out of the bar prices. Like we're trying, trying to save a little bit of money and buying like a you know, 24 pack of uh, PBR or something or, you know, buying. Right. We couldn't just have been buying, like if we did this now, we could just have wine at the table. But back then, yeah, it wasn't yeah. an option. Uh, but, but yeah, good times, good times. DJ, uh, question for you. Yeah. Uh, you are the only one, uh, on the pod living alone. How is the staying inside, um, treating you psychologically? Uh, I think I'd be kind of out of my mind if I was living alone. I mean, it's kind of, it, it is fairly unpleasant. I mean, honestly, like to an extent, it's not that different because it's not like I socialize an insane amount at lab, but, but it is kind of frustrating, um, spend a little bit more time chatting with my girlfriend than I might otherwise and and family as well. Um, I've had very interesting Zoom meetings, um, and I put up air quotes there, uh, with family that is interesting. Because, um, uh, so so you've met my cousin Debbie. Um, so, so she's, she understands how technology works and it's fine. Um, so does her sister, but like, their their mom and uh is on the older side and just having like everybody figure out what's going on and and sort of be on the same page is is not ideal and then uh debbie's sister susan has a like six-year-old i think who is just like bouncing off the walls and i i feel for people that i mean even tougher being a single parent with a kid that's home and, and schools are barely doing any, anything for, for the kids. I mean, some places are sending out packets. Some places are, are doing some um, like online meetings for kids. I mean, I think the funniest was uh, one of our buddies has uh, his kids in, in preschool and, and they're doing like Skype meetings in the mornings or something like that. But, but even so, like, um, it's, it seems like it's really tough on the kids. Um, I've got a number of folks on my team who have young children, um, and a couple of them are single and, you know, my marching orders are do what you need to do. And if somebody yells at you about responsiveness, just send them to me, but 
most folks have been pretty reasonable about it. I think if you explain like, hey, I'm home alone with a kid, yeah. you know, foreseeable future, I'm going to be a little late in responding to your email. Most people get that. Yeah. I mean, I think it's tougher when you just have like a video chat meeting and you're trying to like make sure your kids like not getting in, into anything or, or whatever else, especially people that are, aren't like, all right, well, we're just going to give you a tablet that you can play on for 12 hours or whatever. Well, this is something I had to explain to, to one person I work with because their kid kept coming to the frame. And then mm -hmm. afterwards they followed up with me and we were chatting and then he's like, so embarrassing. Like, I feel like it's so unprofessional. I was like, you don't understand people without kids. If we're in a video conference with somebody whose kid keeps coming into the frame, it's the most entertaining shit. Like <laughs> it's the <laughs> meeting for me. I love it. <laughs> you know, I never have to apologize for that. Uh, yep. That makes sense. Spencer, how do you feel about, uh, having, having pets and such in, in frame? Are you just angry every time you see a pet? The dog. Uh, it, it's mentioning to see how confused the pets are from having us around all the time. Hasn't really affected me any. They're just around. Um, but yeah, the dog thinks it's Christmas every day because we're always around and always available and he can persuade us to take him on walks and things. Rabbit's pissed as all hell, but that's kind of his normal default state. Um, so yeah, for me, it's it, honestly my work, it, though I'm working from an entirely different setting, not much has really changed in the given day. You work the hours and just doing it from a couch rather than my desk. Do you think, Spencer, do you think y'all are getting less business now? I, I'm, I'm worried about the various layoff notices that have already gone out about big law firms around the country. And it, right now I'm busy and I'll probably be pretty damn busy for at least a couple of weeks. But from there, unless the nature of the work changes, I expect there's going to be a definite gulf happening here with, with no later than a month from now. And I don't know what a lot of firms are going to do. I mean, I don't, I don't know how much cash various firms have on hand, but I can't imagine it's more than the last a few months time. Really Listen, even if they're doing the work, the clients aren't going to be paying. At least not on time. I can put you up in my spare bedroom with 200 pounds of dog food. <laughs> you know, I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, I'm reassured to see that unemployment benefits have been extended under the latest stimulus bill because in a few, in a, in a fair amount of time, well, hell, already, what was it, 3.8 million unemployment claims were made in, in, within a one-set period? Yeah, I think it was 3.28 in the last week. Yeah, it's the all-time record. Not good. By a factor of like five times. Yeah. It's going to be exciting going forward. Yeah, I say the least. It was like an exponential increase that's probably not going to level off. We'll see. Well, it's funny how it's, uh, <clears throat> it's affecting the presidential race because you have Biden, who's basically just locked down in his house. Delivering fireside chats from a fireplace. And, and no matter what you think of Biden or your politics or whatever, he is obviously better in person than over like a Skype call. Like he just is because he's 100 years old. So it's just like the worst thing for him because he's giving these interviews and I'm like, oh, Joe, that's not, you're not at your best right now. But if you get him in person, he does the whole Uncle Joe shtick and smiling and the aviators and the whole thing. But in his like makeshift studio in his living room, it's just, ugh, it's, it's not good for his campaign. Not doing that badly for, for him being ancient and having to deal with technology. Like, you know, it's not ideal, but. I thought, I thought his little fireside chat he did the other day, his town hall, as they called it. I thought it went fine. It, I mean, it wasn't the most inspiring thing ever, but I think he hit the points he wanted to hit. 
Yeah, see, I'm I'm talking more of like you know, I didn't see that, but I've seen interviews he's done. Oh yeah, with gotcha. like CNN or like late night talk show hosts or stuff like that, and it's just not he's not as engaging as he is when he's in front of the person. I don't care. I don't think anybody is, but yeah, it's it'll be. This campaign is going to be fascinating to see how it plays out. Even the poll numbers lately have been fascinating. All over the place. Yep. How do, how do we structure this? Do we transition to part two? Do we start our second whiskey? We, have we ever really decided how we divide up these new coronavirus podcasts? Uh, we last just drank and talked. Yeah, we <laughs> just did one last time. I don't have a second whiskey. Uh, yes, you just have more of your first. That seems on brand. I will try Black Label and see what that is. <laughs> I said it's just a piece of black electrical tape on a very similar bottle. I think it's the exact same bottle. Um, so I actually did have a couple of other things to uh, talk about. Um, the, the first one is, is teasing Spencer about him being on brand, um, which is, so Spencer, do you have, um, I, I was talking to Levi at some point this week and I, I messaged him at some comparatively weird hour East coast. And, and then I was like, oh, sorry. Like, I, you know, I didn't mean to, to wake you up if I didn't. He's like, oh, I, you know, I have programmed, uh, silence times and I can even silence specific conversations. And I was like, yeah, I, I mean, I figured, but like not everybody turns it on. So Spencer, do you have not disturbed times turned on in your phone? Do you know about that? I've seen that it's a thing I can do. Oh, so uh, I should start texting you. I've never no. used it at all. <laughs> uh, of course. Might have mentioned I fiddled with it for a minute. I might understand how it works. But uh, no, it, it is a thing I acknowledge exists. So yes, BJ, if you were to text him at 3.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, the default ringtone for an iPhone would, would, would light up inside of his bedroom. That's exactly what's going to happen. At the default volume level. <laughs> <laughs> also, you know this. If you text me at 3.30 Eastern Time, I'll respond because I'll still be awake. Yeah, I was thinking about more like when I wake up. That could be bad. <laughs> Um, and, and so that was, that, that was the, uh, the entertaining conversation that I have with Levi, which is like, Spencer doesn't know about this, does he? No, hundred percent not. Um, but I wanted to get all your reactions and I think Lee is the only one that might be a little saddened. Um, it looks like, uh, we have a, a serious Midwest, uh, victim of the coronavirus, which is Playboy. Looks like Playboy is going out of business. Yeah, but they've been circling, circling the drain for 15 years. I don't know that I would I'd give two shits either way on Playboy or BJ. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, Eight-year-old Terry. Eight-year-old Terry? Oh, yeah. Twelve, whatever. I don't know. Young Terry, that's the joke. <laughs> I just, you know, so... A surprising age to come out with, with it was just like, yeah. So are they like officially going out of business? Like, is that a done deal? This is they're uh, canceling their printed model. I think they're no longer publishing a magazine, but maybe doing an online only version, like a la Newsweek or something. Yeah, just like Newsweek. <laughs> the first thing that, came to mind. <laughs> that is such the oldest thing I've ever heard you say. <laughs> I'm an old man. I enjoyed reading Newsweek growing up. <laughs> Say today, <laughs> Saturday evening post. <laughs> oh man, that's funny. Well, pour one out for Playboy. 
That's not as good. (laughs) (laughs) Good though. Yeah. Does anyone remember what this is? So this is a um, probably a a Terry bottle with a world um, image. It looks like it's taken from some New Age cult literature. (laughs) Maybe me because I sent out those big. I sent out big uh, pictures on. I don't remember that one though. Oh, that that uh, may be one of mine. Oh God, this is gonna be uh, Costco whiskey. Uh, Costco whiskey, yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say Costco or uh, the Florida one, but the Saint Augustine. Uh, I think it, no, it's Costco then. Yeah, uh, Costco bourbon. Dang it! Still have, a, still have three fourths of a bottle of that that's not been touched since. What's the size of that bottle? We're talking to my gallons. Uh, it's I think it's a forty-eight ounce bottle or something like that. That is the weirdest amount. Oh my God. What is it? Soda? Forty-eight ounces. <laughs> I'm gonna double check. Maybe it's more even thirty-two. <laughs> uh, Spencer, what else do we want to talk about? So, by the way, BJ, uh, I have have taken action um, on the thing that you sent me. <laughs> okay, where it go? All right. We'll see what questions Perfect. Josh has. See what happens. I, oh, I figured be... a, a a nude uh, a nude god would be. Well, it's not nude, but would Greek be a god. good decoration for them. Yep. Yeah. Um, we will see. We will see. Um, honestly, so I'm curious for you guys. Have you gotten into any new hobbies or have, have tried new things to buy the time in quarantine life? Like BJ, have you taken up sewing or something? <laughs> I mean, so it's actually funny because I expected that like things that that I had taken up before this, I would get a little bit more back into because I have extra time. But it's actually just like I space my workout a little bit more because like I just basically wake up, turn on my computer remote in and start like doing data analysis and like reading papers and stuff like that. And so so I feel like I actually have less like consistent free time than when I was going to work. Interesting. Honestly, for me, it's not, like I said, it's not been that huge of a difference, but I'm just such a homebody that we haven't been going out to restaurants. We haven't, you know, curled up next to the jukebox and shared a milkshake together, which has been a shame. <laughs> um, but other than that, we're cooking from home. We're watching our television shows. We're playing our games. It's, there's been a, a kind of omnipresent outside that there wasn't before, and but there's a reason why we're not going out. But otherwise, we're just kind of, we're just, we're just adjust, mild, mildly adjusting our routine. I yeah. did start running again, so there's that. You're talking Good. about being a very painful experience. Oh God, the the first run. I, I don't remember if I talked about it on this pod or just with you guys before, but um, I went out for a run and I was just like. Oh my God, my lungs aren't working. I might have coronavirus. No, I'm just running for the first <laughs> year and a half. <laughs> it's probably fine. Yeah. So for me, I find that I'm working a little bit less because like a part of the vast majority of my job is like dealing with my staff and answering questions and teaching people. Uh, and I find that people are less likely to reach out for a question if they're working from home because it's a little bit more logistically difficult than just getting up and walking the 10 feet over to my office. So I'm getting less questions, so I do less of that work, but I've found that I'm staying connected more, which I think kind of BJ's was to your point. Like, I don't feel like at five o'clock I can turn my laptop off. I'm constantly checking email, 
I think I'm just doing a little bit of less like, you know, heavy lifting than I normally do. So it's kind of good and bad. But Levi's question about what are you doing like as far as hobbies and things, it's very on brand for me. But what I've started doing is trying to perfect certain dishes. So I've been doing pasta carbonara for about a week now. I think I've done it five or six times. That's a lot of bacon. Yeah, I think I've got no, no bacon. Um, And cheddar. No. Oh, no. Yeah. So I've been doing like peas or mushrooms or something else to kind of fill it out. But I think I've gotten to a point now where I have a pretty darn good carbonara and I think I'm going to switch to risotto next week. So what is the, what is the base ingredient for a a vegetarian carbonara? No, carbonara is the egg sauce. So um, what you're doing is basically just cooking uh, some noodles. And then what I do is I reserve a little bit of pasta water. I do two eggs, two egg yolks, some of the pasta water. Um, take individual servings of the pre-cooked either spaghetti or fettuccine into a plate. You mix the sauce in, make sure it doesn't cook. You don't want scrambled eggs and then add in any other cooked vegetable that you want. So I have done marinated mushrooms. I've done roasted asparagus. I've done peas and then to top it with some black pepper and some Parmesan. That's good. You don't mix the, uh, cheese in with the egg before you. No, I top it. Um, only because like, yeah, I feel like it's not as. Uh, at least depending on the type of cheese, but usually I only put Parmesan in uh, with a carbonara and I feel like the sauce isn't as silky and creamy if you put the cheese in. I was told by an Italian that the way to do it is is basically you do almost even proportions of egg and cheese. You mix them together and then temper it a little bit and then, then mix it through. Um, anyway, another way to do it. Um, Curious to see how your your risotto goes and and your reaction to it because I do not like risotto as a dish at all. Like oh, I've, I mean, I've made risotto a lot, but what I'm doing now is just like doing different iterations and different types and just see which yeah. one I like more. Because I have cooked carbonara where I've put cheese into the egg mixture. I just don't like it as much. Uh, so right. for me, it's a preference. Uh, but with risotto, uh, one of the tough parts is you need stock. Really, yeah. you, you shouldn't cook with water with a risotto. And if you don't yeah. eat meat, then you are left with trying to make vegetable stock. So the last couple of days, I've been making gallons and gallons of vegetable stock to prepare for my risotto making next week. <laughs> <laughs> um, Spencer, any uh, new video games? Because I feel like this was one of the things that I kind of expected, like as soon as the lockdown happened, that like I'd get back into Destiny or, or something like that. And... For me, the new video game I'm getting into is I've been trying to get Bridget to play with me more just because, you know, we're spending a hell of a lot of time here at home. And you don't have um, a second TV. I have a second TV. Um, but she loves platformers because she adored Mario growing up. And so a new one that came out, um, Ori and the Will of Wisps. Mm-hmm. We really enjoyed Ori and the Blind Forest. It came out a couple years back and it's been a lot of fun. It's a lot of very varied style platforming, almost a la Metroid. And it's in terms of the world that they designed around it. So that's been quite a bit of fun for us to enjoy. Otherwise, you know, if it was possible to buy, to buy a VR headset right now, uh, Half-Life Alex came out, and I really desperately want that as a Half-Life fan. I'm 100% sure you can still buy VR headsets. Yeah, I really want one. I mean, the Valve's Index seems to be the highest quality, but at like $1,000 per, that seems like a bit of extravagant, perfect, extravagant purchase. And also... Okay, if you ever wanted to expensive. play a trick on me uh, and do a serious <laughs> prank, you could send one of those along... <laughs> 
Also, also for a lot of them, they are either sold out or like for the Valve Index, it would be a, if you order now, it will deliver sometime after eight weeks from now. So apparently a lot of people have been buying VR headsets in this current state. Buying the Tesla, damn. <laughs> I don't know. Like I just, for whatever reason, I haven't been able to get into it, but I probably will. And it seems like a, they're opening up a lot of uh, entertainment is, is going free, which I found. Excuse me. Very interesting that like a lot of like their audiobooks and Kindle books and and a lot of free games that are being like pushed down. It's like all right here, like entertain yourselves. I'll be really curious to see in like two or three months' time of when whether that's able to continue when the production can't really occur in its normal way. Like shows that were supposed to come out at the end of this year, are they all just going to be delayed because they can't yeah. film? Yeah, that's I've wondered that too. Few games. Are, they can work to a degree remotely, but there's some element of working together that's required to produce them. Are they all deadlines just be pushed back because they can't even do quality testing review? I don't know. They can do that stuff remotely. I mean, it's going to be slower, but they can do that remotely. Yeah. That's the production stuff where, where you need people on set, that will get delayed. Yeah, for the live action stuff where you have to have people physically filming, right, and acting. That's, mm -hmm. that's going to be a problem. Even for internet shows I enjoyed, they've all had to cancel operation because a lot of them film record in Southern California and California's on complete lockdown. They can't come together to do it. I got to see to, to them do a fireside chat where I got to see 40 people learn how to open a flue to a fireplace and fail at doing it just because that's the material they can, they can release right now. They film from home. shows do you watch? Um, Critical Role is one I quite enjoy. It's like an internet production company that I enjoy. It does a lot of uh, gaming based stuff. And um, yeah, they've completely shut down operation because the actors can come together to film and yeah it's, i've pretty much every time we either are talking about game of thrones or going to go to game of thrones i start watching things like blind waves material um uh yeah i'd kind of vary about it interesting spencer uh what do you think the balance of divorces versus uh babies is going to be at the end of this lockdown <laughs> oh forcing two people to be in a room kind of results in one or the other doesn't it um, I don't know. I'd be curious to see here in a few months. I'd be also really curious to see in like a year or two time the number of government fraud cases that occur from people um, collecting various amounts of government funding during this period without a basis to do so. But, like small businesses like applying for those block grants, but like misrepresenting their financial situation. You got it. You guys know what you're going to do with your uh, coronavirus check yet? That brings up a uh, an argument my girlfriend and I had. Um, Spencer, you could buy that headset. I will not be getting a check. Oh you yeah, you're, you're above seventy thousand. Oh yeah, and you don't file jointly. Oh. I will not be getting. Yeah, a I check. do. So shout out to me. <laughs> Sarah's like, yeah, can I bring him down enough? We're gonna get something. Uh, Levi, what argument did you and your girlfriend have? So um, we were discussing what we can do with if and when. If, if we get a check, um, I'm not entirely sure. I'm not going to look in the particulars. If it comes, it comes. If it doesn't, it doesn't, whatever. Um, it, I mean, it'd be great to have money, but I don't need it per se, right? Other people need it far more than, than we do. Um, but my girlfriend's initial reaction was we need to help out hospitals and buy personal protective equipment. And, and my reaction to that is that, I don't know, they set themselves up to make money. So if they don't have cash reserves, it's really a problem on them. I'm not giving them money. That's nonsense. Um, money to a hospital? 
no, there are hospitals that are, um, especially in the Northeast, that have have community funds for assistance in buying personal protective equipment, um, which to me is is it's nonsense. Like we can nationalize the whole thing, or we can go out of business. I'm I'm, I'm um, this is nonsense. Um, if you want to give it to a food bank, fantastic. If you want to spend it at a local business and help the local economy, fantastic. But I'm not supporting a, a what is essentially a money making operation. Um, no, no, I'm not giving money to a damn hospital. Are you kidding me? Yeah, we got You're absolutely things. right, Levi. They should have the money. I mean, but by the way, they're getting a lot of business right now. Uh, <laughs> I don't think they can collect on that, right? And most of their money is from these elective operations that are that are particularly expensive, and those are going to be delayed. So I, I can see how their revenue stream is 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 drying up a little bit. Um, also, getting collections done on stuff from coronavirus is probably a complicated adventure. They probably uh, don't have their folks. That, also, there's a problem. No, that's, you're talking about uninsured people. I mean, in, insured people who have coronavirus, they 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 can still build the insurance companies. Insurance companies will pay. Do you, do you think that the the time to pay uh, for an insurance company has has, has changed? I imagine it, it's gotten significantly slower um, to get everything resolved through all of the people from the hospital who are working from home. I mean, that's we're home. we're just speculating there because I don't I don't know the answer. But I mean, we could figure that out. But I mean, you can still build the insurance companies. I don't know. I, I don't know what what happened here, Levi, but now you're arguing on the other side of what you just started with, which is confusing the shit out of me. But I was agreeing with you. Um, <laughs> so, Levi likes saying something inflammatory and so, bothering people, and then hey, sometimes BJ, comes. BJ, I, I it hurts me when, when I hear you say that. I I literally am, am honest. Say truthful anyway. things. What? I, yes, of course. <laughs> you it hurts you when I, I say truthful things. Okay. I need to go get my phone to do a dramatic reading of a text exchange we had yesterday. Oh, this is fantastic. <laughs> Because I was genuine there, by the way. Uh, <laughs> On your point, Levi, it's, not, it's also not just cash flow, too. It's an issue of there just aren't medical supplies available for them to buy in a lot of cases. There, there really aren't. And and it's it's an interesting problem. Way, I mean, that's my point, right, is that I don't see how 100 bucks from me is really going to move the needle. Like if, if They can't if, buy it. I mean, if you did want to take up sewing, there are uh, patterns online where you can sew uh, cloth masks for, for people. Yes, my girlfriend has sewed uh, three or four masks so far. Um, I mean, you could get like twenty out of the the Biden shirts that we have. <laughs> I thought that cloth masks don't work. I thought they're not. You don't want those. Those aren't good for hospital. Well, hospitals will take them as things to put over real masks um, to to have at least some other layer um, because they have to keep reusing masks because they're running out, right? So they're basically yeah. doubling up on something. Um, but the the local hospitals here have said they. They've gotten enough donations of those, um, so she's just been making them for friends and family. So Terry, you've got a dramatic reading of a text exchange. Yes, BJ sent a news article via Reddit to all of us that said NRA sues Governor uh, California Governor Gavin Newsom and other state officials over gun store closures. And the comment is the NRA is just gun PETA. Levi responds: Some people forfeit their right to citizenship. BJ, you're of the opinion that gun stores are essential businesses. Levi, the opposite. BJ, LOL. Okay, I never know when you decide to be inflammatory. <laughs> that was so funny to me. <laughs> like BJ's like, oh, you know what, Levi, you zig when I think you're going to zag. I never know where you're going. Look, I, I, I think being against the NRA is not exactly a, a, a crazy position uh, to be in. Uh, this wasn't against the NRA. This this was whether you thought that, that gun stores were central businesses. And, and Honest to God, like I, I, I a hundred percent like 
expect you to to be against the NRA. But also, I could see you buying a couple guns. Well, uh, Eastern North Carolina. Answer is yes. Um, I, I would be interested in that if it wasn't such a complicated process in Massachusetts um, that involves uh, approval yeah, from from the local um, municipalities uh, police department. Um, I see your point, PJ, and and I I get what you're coming down on. I, I also would say the NRA is insane, um, and it's these situations that further reinforces the fact that they're treasonous to the United States. But I'm sorry that quarantine situations have an explicit legal precedence that traditional constitutional rights don't apply um there's gotta be a limit right but stop being silly yeah well it's a fair point but i bj i also take your point like sometimes i'll throw things out at levi and i'm like where is this going and then he'll be like oh yeah like he gives me some normal response and i'm like oh it didn't go the way i wanted to (laughs) i thought he was going to pick a fight (laughs) by the way um there is a a podcast that I've I've been listening to um, that I wish Spencer were, were here. He's he stepped away, um, which is called Killing Opening Arguments. <laughs> it, so it's called Opening Arguments. Um, it's a, a legal podcast, and they uh, basically go down the scenario of what happens if Donald Trump try, tries to delay um, the election or try to you know meddle with it, um, and and. The basic thought experiment is basically the net result is um, he can't be president. It has to be elected by. Well, there you go, Spencer. Spencer, that, that was Instacart. Uh, cool. Oh, nice. uh, so, so have you heard of the podcast called Opening Arguments? Opening Arguments. I've heard of that podcast before. Okay. Um, they have an interesting episode that is that goes on and details the 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 attorney's perspective on what is the legal consequence of Donald Trump trying to to hinder the election or, or delay the election or stop it, you know, putting National Guard in front of polling centers. Um, and the net result is his interpretation is that um, the president would have to be elected by the Senate. Um, and given the ratio of Democrat versus Republican that are up for election, Democrats would have control of the Senate of people who aren't, um, who would be still in office as opposed to people who are up for re-election. Um, and therefore it would be a Democrat that would that would go in there. Um, in Senate or Congress? I actually thought it was the House of Representatives that handled it. As I recall, it's the Senate. Um, Double check, I'll double check. But um, no, it was, it was it was super interesting. Um, but I was thinking that you know these are the things that I would think about if I were an attorney. Well, it, you know, if you're Trump and you're trying to stop the election and get people to not go into polling centers, why would you send the National Guard? Would you send the army? Uh, can you deploy the army on in, legally? In US no, in U.S. soil without some sort of official declaration of things. Hase comitatus. I was just watching some West Bank. Yeah, I mean, I don't think you can, but I mean, I'm wondering if he would do that because that would be a more robust organization, obviously, and they're more dispersed so they can get to different polling centers a lot easier. I mean, you know, I I think out of all of us, you know, the one person that I would be confident could vote in one of those situations is you, uh, Lee, because you would probably know the people that were deployed to prevent you from voting and be like, "Eh, we'll let you vote. By the way, the, one of the jokes in there was basically what? Well, so they're preventing people from voting, um, and but the vote has to happen. Like that's the that's in the Constitution. It has to. Happen. Um, so what if one person gets through? 
can can now that one person throw the election? Is this suddenly a, a, a sort of action movie where where one person has to get through and that <laughs> one person decides? <laughs> I'll do it. Um, I mean, it's actually it, it would be very interesting because uh, I mean they're talking about doing a lot more vote by mail, so I would assume that the states that already have that set up are going to outweigh the states that haven't, and. Uh, but that doesn't matter, right? Because it doesn't. Because it's a it's state a by state, yeah. So, so it's going to be who has registered for something like that, and how well they can do it, and and stuff like that. It'll be interesting. I don't think the election is going to get delayed. I don't. I think. You think the census is going <clears> to? <throat> yes, it's going to be it's yeah, gonna weird. Or be very, very weird. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, are they going to send out workers to? To like knock on doors or? I don't think so. Not right now. I don't know. It'll be interesting. Spencer, what do you think? Would you open the door to a census, census worker? Have you, have you uh, censused online yet? I've been censused online. We were planning on doing so. Census worker? Probably, yeah. Wouldn't invite him to my house, but I would answer questions from there on the porch. Would you give him some toilet paper? Uh, if he asked for some, yes. You saw the giant pile of toilet paper that is still sitting visible from the our exterior door. Yes, you could have some toilet paper. Your operational security sucks, Spencer. You need to hide that valuable, <laughs> valuable <laughs> trove of Spencer, toilet paper. What race do you claim on the census? I, I claim white. Interesting. Sure. They, they include a box saying, uh, you know, Hispanic ethnic, ethnic origin or something along those lines, too. Sometimes I'll check that. But again, you, you don't choose race, Hispanic. Hispanic isn't a race. It's, it's. You can be. You can be. You can be Hispanic of any race. I'm white. I don't know. You seem more like a 400 meter to me. Uh, I'll I'll be interested to listen to that opening arguments. Um, see see what his basis was because I was double checking it. If a contingent election occurs of when that that that's happened before, when a majority can't be reached for some reason or another, oddly, the House of Representatives decides the president, and the Senate decides the vice president. So that could be an interesting mix. Is that what happened in the Civil War? So, uh, but Spencer, for this scenario, the House of Representatives cannot be called to session because everyone is up for re-election. Boom. Boom. The lame duck session could still decide it, though. I, I, Depends I, on the timing. Yeah, you're right. But Viva does have a good point. Because if the election doesn't uh, happen, very- they all go away in January. I'll be, very, I'll be very curious to listen to it because it's an, it's an interesting point to bring up that you'd hoped would never have to be discussed. But yeah. So who does hmm? who who does uh, who gets chosen? Who do you think the House would would choose? Do you think they'd go with Biden and then the, who? Hillary, Hillary, get her off the bench, <laughs> back in the game. By the way, when I was listening to this podcast, my immediate thought was, how old is AOC? Um, uh, too, young. too young. Not old enough. Don't check that recently for your sake. Um, it's a good thought, Levi, because that's the only chance she ever has of being president. She's thirty. She's thirty, Spencer. Um, I've, I've looked it up. She's too young, and she's also not married. Um, I well aware of this. <laughs> I think I think she has a significant other, though. She has a partner, yeah, but I can I, I can alpha him out of the way. That's not a problem. <laughs> Just because he's a goalie. Yeah, he's a little ginger uh, hipster guy. I can I can take care of that. He is a little Brooklynite. Lee, I was checking betting numbers the other day uh, on Democratic candidate. <laughs> <laughs> You're laughing, but I checked this morning. <laughs> By the way, uh, uh, 
so Spencer, before you go on, I want to congratulate you, Terry. You've had a great influence on Spencer. Um, he's checking that is true. Many numbers for her elections. <laughs> You've done a great job. Uh, at least as, as of a week ago, Hillary had better odds than Sanders did. Yep. Still does. Ooh. Betting markets, yeah, because they, they're they're thinking if if something happens to Biden, would the Democrats at the convention vote for? Yeah, exactly. They wouldn't go for Bernie, obviously, because he's fucking terrible. <laughs> <laughs> but wouldn't that be hilarious though? If like Biden's like, "Hey guys, I got the coronavirus, I need to step away," and then they they pull Hillary off the bench because I just feel like Twitter would explode. Like it would be like uh like Andre the Giant versus. The, like Hulk Hogan, like the second time at WrestleMania. I was like, oh my God, we get this battle again? <laughs> Man, we're entertaining. The situation of where Mayor Pete may be the candidate just because he's the only young guy in the room. <laughs> he's the only one who survived coronavirus. He's oh, only not dead fun. one. <laughs> I, I don't know. Like You have to bust out that Booker shirt again. It'll be great. Corey. Uh, Drop that first, hit. Andrew Corey. Yang or uh, uh, Mayor Pete? Mayor Pete stayed in uh, longer, right? Pete? No, I think Yang stayed in longer. Um, no, no. Yang got out right after New Hampshire. Okay. And Pete got out right after South Carolina. If we're doing it on based on last survivor. It's me, Tulsi Gabbard. (laughs) (laughs) Hawaii. Uh, Hawaii matters again. So, so who do you think the, the Senate would pick for, cause like, if you don't have to like have a ticket for VP. So, uh, by the way, in this scenario, I, I, I speculated to my girlfriend, uh, AOC, um, confirmed she was too too young and it was going to be there. And I said, you know what? AOC isn't married. So I could I could be the first gentleman. Um, Your faith in AOC is just, it's baffling to me. This is not faith. This, this has nothing to do with faith or politics or anything else. This is just a leave on like certain things. <laughs> um, she ticks all of the boxes. I'm just saying, guys, like, don't you want to live in the world where Levi's interviewed uh, on CNN as as the first gentleman who's who's being asked to speak about some sort of policy that's being implemented? I, no, I think I'd the- rather rather hear you do all the normal things that you're supposed to do as like the first lady or first gentleman. Like, what's the what's the China like? I don't give a shit. Levi, we're live. I don't give a fuck. Like you're doing the back thing, like <laughs> just cussing on live TV, dismissing all of the things you're supposed to be doing. I'm just, saying, um, I'm just saying, I would be the greatest sort of uh, uh, lightning rod to 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 move the Overton needle uh, when it comes to conversations. Like, let's say we're trying to push through a Green New Deal, and the hang up is is West Virginia, and I get on like CNN and I'm like, look, who cares about West Virginia? It's a crappy state. You drive through there, every girl who's above the age of twelve has a kid attached. It's a really terrible state. Who cares? Why are we listening to them? Um, and then the Overton window is now moved, and we get the Green New Deal. Fantastic! Yay! I think it would make you wear a minor hat. It's fine. Levi, you were, you were a very smart and talented guy, but I don't think there's a job that you'd be less suited for than vote whip. <laughs> that is a that is a, a a fair description of me, uh, Terry. I, I, that would be I, very I good at all. <laughs> I think something like the Butterball Hotline might be worse. Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean you can't cook a turkey? Why are you calling now? It's Thanksgiving. Just. Hey. Just, just go to Waffle anyway. We're mocking this man, but he's in customer service. Eh. Yeah, not really. Not anymore. Sort of not. Technically in sales, Spencer. You're in sales now? Been there for a year and a half. 
Again, as we showed with BJ, I have information, and I just stick with that information without asking for any follow-up. Yeah, and that was before we started recording. We established that none of us really knew what BJ did. BJ, can you tell the, the audience actually what you do for a living? Uh, yeah, so I am a postdoc at the University of California, San Diego, and I study how the left and the right side of the brain communicate to process sound information. So BJ, that's not, that's not what you said. So you said you worked in the area of, of, of deaf, deafness research. and both. I, uh, so what I said was the NIH uh, department that I submit my grants to is the uh, NIDCD, which is the National Institute of Deafness and Communication Disorders. And this had come up because I said that, you know, NIH subcommittee meetings weren't meeting uh, in the past couple of weeks. That makes sense. It's like your your CFDA number, your governmental account that your grants coming out of, right? Yeah, yeah. But so for the for the listeners, I mean, the reaction that all of us had was hmm, new information. We just thought you just mess with with mice. Um, I thought he drugged him up. I mean, uh, the three of us have known BJ for quite some time, <laughs> like thirteen years now. Yeah, um, it's longer. Um, yeah. It was 2005, um, yep. so 15 yeah, at this years. point. Um, and we've known basically every step of your journey. We've known that you, that you went to University of Illinois for a PhD and you've done a postdoc in San Diego. Um, we know these things. We had no clue of the practical application of what you did. We just thought you just tortured mice. Um, <laughs> That's exactly what I thought. Our awareness. You've not, BJ has not helped with this though. When we ever ask him about his work, you mostly just describe it as, well, I tortured some mice today. You haven't, you know, you haven't given much in the way of First of all, I don't say it's torture. And second of all, like, I, I actually also do find this very funny because you guys do know what my PhD was on because you, you guys saw the science talk that I gave, which like was a little bit higher level, but. Um, it's, you're being very generous of C there, right? You're, you're talking about being exposed to something. It doesn't mean we understood what the hell you were talking about. <laughs> that's true. The, that's true. The, I remember the, no. That, that's true, because like not everybody was sober. Um, so that that is that is fair. Or remembered it, or understood and groped the practical consequences of the arcane research that you did, BJ, which is the part <laughs> that we were, we were drilling in on. We had no clue about the practical consequence. We, we knew you did yeah. neuroscience. We knew you you tortured rabbits um, and, and mice. <laughs> Um, maybe some primates in there for for Terry's sake, um, but we did, had no clue of the practical consequence. So that's just amazing. I mean, honestly, I think the the only person that we know a, a lot more about because you actually do something a little bit more useful in the world is, is Lee. I mean, Spencer, we joke around, but like pretty much all we hear about is like sexting weird pictures of of fire trucks and then throwing uh, old ladies out onto the. Is like mm -hmm. onto the street trying to get viking on the mississippi yeah, we, for each of us we <laughs> mostly get like little snippets that we try to piece together a picture from and it often does not lead to an accurate conclusion yeah so so spencer to take it take it back um i work in a, a, gr a group that's called pre-sales uh pre-sales is the technical side of sales so think of me as the technical advisor for customers and and solving technical barriers for for implementation of our software um so basically sales Okay. You are working very closely with customers. Oh, Jesus, Spencer. <laughs> yes, but I don't think that, so the, that's... That, the, that's the, the end that, statement I was saying about us mocking you for not being able to work well with customers is imminently not true. 
He's a yeah. he's a people person. Okay, yes. this is his job. <laughs> By the way, right that's that was my explanation to the immigration official in Canada one time when I was there for a business. Because <laughs> um, he asked me what going? He, he asked me what I did, and I was like, uh, I'm in pre-sales, and I immediately regretted what I said uh, because that isn't a thing that means anything to anyone. Um, and he's like, what? And I was like, so you know when you sell something, you, you've got a salesperson? Yeah. That's a people person, right? It's a person who's extroverted who knows how to interact with people. Um, I work with them and handle the technology. So I handle the, the technology, he handles the people, and we're, we're good to go. And he goes, okay, fantastic. Welcome, welcome to Canada. Um, <laughs> he was trying to get an 18-year-old drunk, so they had to go over to Canada. DJ. Jesus. Appropriate. All right, guys, anything else we want to cover? I think we're good. So too. All right, guys, I've enjoyed it. This is our second coronavirus lockdown under quarantine episode recorded on March 29th. I enjoyed it. See you next week.